Welcome to House Talk Radio, where you'll hear from experts across the country educating you on all things house. Here are your hosts, Tony and Wendy Gambone. All right, welcome to House Talk. I am here with my beautiful wife, Wendy Gambone. I'm so blessed to be sitting by her side today on this Wednesday, the 1st of July. Can you believe it? No, I cannot believe it is July 1st. And we have our, our guest today, Mr. Justin Pogue. He is actually from California, but he's joining us today from Florida. Yeah, awesome. Yep, very happy to be here. Yeah, thank welcome you, to the show. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. I just want to get out a couple of things for housekeeping real okay. fast, okay? And uh, if you want to connect with us, go to Tough Talk Radio Network or housetalk.com. And housetalkradio.com. Housetalkradio.com. You see why it's really important to have your wife as a co-host? Because... <laughs> It's not easy doing this by yourself. Anyway, uh, just connect with us. We're always looking for people to market in this industry. Uh, anything to do with a house, whether it's buying it, selling it, renting it, fixing it, insuring it, insuring it, yeah, putting carpet in, whatever Investing it is. Investing in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and our background, real fast, is and renting it. Yes, especially renting it today. Yeah. So if you have questions about property rentals, if you're getting ready to rent, buy to rent, purchase to rent. Or you are a renter that's disgruntled. I think Justin can answer all your questions. So, yes, um, be a good you, show. yeah, Got you it. can dial in at uh, what is it, three four seven eight nine eight one three six three. Yeah. So the older you get, and we're in a new <laughs> month, so my memory's slowly so going yeah. away. Anyway, half the year's done. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on a couple of things real quick, Justin, because we talked pre-show about the COVID-19 and the ripple effect that it has had on the country and primarily people who are in houses, whether they can't pay their mortgage, whether they aren't buying yet, whether foreclosures are coming, mm-hmm. what about rentals? Are they stuck paying the mortgage? Did they? What's all that gonna happen? The whole ripple effect is probably a two week show, but we're gonna try <laughs> yeah. to get it in. <laughs> Yeah, that that there's a lot that's packed into that into that question. Um, so what's essentially happened is the government, the state governments have locked down. So a lot of people weren't able to go to work because not every job you can do from home, um, which has impacted people's income. And specifically, it's affected a lot of people who are who are renting. And in response to those concerns, politicians have um, have enacted eviction moratoriums so that even though people are not able to pay their rent they're they're not able to they're not landlords are not able to evict because the legal system is frozen now some of that is because governors have actually issued moratoriums other parts of the other reason why that's happening is just courts weren't meeting they weren't physically holding court so there's no way for that process to move to move forward um and that happened pretty quickly on the you know on the on the on the renter side now for the landlords they're now concerned about well i'm not getting any rent so how do i pay my mortgage and satisfy my obligations oh and by the way property taxes haven't stopped i still have to pay my management or my property management company we still have to move the lawn and keep the lights on um and conversations between landlords and their lenders have been a lot more, a lot slower, and they've taken place kind of one-on-one in an ad hoc kind of basis, um, which, from the landlord's perspective, is not the best thing. But at least that conversation is is starting, um, and 
then the concern becomes, well, are these, are these moratoriums going to stay in place and how long are they going to stay in place and what happens once they're lifted? Um, and what we're likely going to see is similar to what happened in, in 2008 with the foreclosures. Lenders did not foreclose on everybody at the same time. They did it in phases. So they took 10% and then they put those into the foreclosure process. And then, and then when those got to a certain point, they took another chunk and started putting th through the foreclosure process. And I have a feeling that you're going to see a similar situation with both landlords and renters as well. Um, because while having a building of people who are not paying rent is scary, what's scarier is having a completely empty building and no one to negotiate with in terms of paying rent. Um, and that may also have implications for the landlord's insurance policy as well, because the building was insured, assuming that there would be someone living in it. Yeah, good point. Well, everyone at once is not really an option. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of great points, and, and uh, I, I know that you've written a book. Yes. And the title of the book is? Rental Secrets? Yes, Rental okay. Secrets. And so I have a lot of questions. Yeah. And, and, and Too I, many questions. Yeah, yeah. but I want to I back up a little bit. You gave mm -hmm. some really good information. Yes. Do you concentrate solely on residential rentals, or is there commercial rentals as well? So my background is in residential rentals. Um, some of the concepts are applicable to commercial as well. Um, so those of your list listeners who are in that space, they should still uh, keep, keep an ear out because um, there will be some interesting topics um, that we talk about for them as well. Okay, and I have a question in here from John in Ingleton, mm -hmm. Texas. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the question is, um, if... Do you recommend uh, rentals in apartments or residential housing uh, rentals? Okay. So when you're investing in property, the anything from one to four units is considered to be residential. Five units and more is considered to be commercial residential. Okay. okay. Um, and the difference, there are a number of differences. So one to four units they're looking at you, your credit, your income, your background in order to qualify you for a loan. And then after they look at you, then they look at the income that the property would generate. Mm -hmm. Once you're on the commercial side, their focus is much more on the property, what income the property is already generating, and that plays a much larger factor in whether you qualify for a particular loan or not. Um, now, I definitely recommend multi-unit properties and multi-unit can mean a number of things because multi-unit could be a single family house but you're renting room individual rooms within the house and i was at a uh, was at a real estate uh, group meeting and the speaker who came his that was his that was his um that was his business strategy where he would take a house redesign the layout install as many bedrooms and bathrooms as he could in the house. And then he was basically renting individual master suites to people to live in, to live in the house. Um, so that, that's how he created multiple units within the same house. Or you could purchase a duplex or a triplex or even multifamily apartment building. There used to be this really great show on HGTV 
and it's a small plug, but it's a great show called Income Property. And it was all about people buying their first house, but they bought a duplex so they could rent out one side to, to reduce the mortgage payment that they were making. So when people think about investing in property, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing deal. It doesn't have to be only a rental property. It could be a duplex where you're living on one side of the property and renting out the other side. Or it could be that you're renting a room inside a house that you're actually living in. Um, so a lot of people think it's this all or it's all, this all or nothing deal. And it certainly doesn't have to be, especially when you're just starting out. Um, and, then I, and I think actually living on the property is a way to reduce the stress and anxiety of being a landlord because you can always see what's going on with your investment. It's right there in front of you. Yes, exactly. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So is it a better tax break if I'm running out my house that I, uh, as an investment property or is it better tax break if I am renting out a, uh, a duplex? There, well, so let's back up to the financing again. So, if you're actually living on the property, you can get owner-occupied financing, mm -hmm. which is less expensive than investment property financing typically, because the bank is looking at risk and they assume if you live there, you're going to take better care of it. Right. Um, so your benefits kind of start. Your benefits kind of start there. Um, now, I will say I am not a tax expert, um, but one of the benefits of owning a property is that is depreciation where you can deduct part of the value of the house that you paid to invest in it, not the land portion, but the house itself, you can deduct that from your, from your income and you're not paying taxes on that portion. Um, when you, when you, when you do your taxes that year. Um, so there are a number of tax benefits and you get that whether, you can get that whether you are living on the property or, or not. So in, in your opinion, you, mm -hmm. I, we spoke earlier, like Tony said, and you have properties across uh, the country. What's a good spot for properties right now? It's, it's really interesting. And I, I get that question I a lot. Good right now with COVID, but. Yeah, but I get that, que I get that question a lot. And the first thing I talk to people about is, what is your what is your risk tolerance mm -hmm. what types what types of properties are you interested in um if you're if you're interested in you know high-end luxury properties then you're going to be looking in larger metropolitan areas typically um especially if you're talking about renting um and it's and it's almost not just the it's not just the cities or metropolitan areas. It's you know down to specific neighborhoods. What types of neighborhoods do you want to invest in? Do you want to invest in working class neighborhoods? Do you want to invest in higher end luxury or resort neighborhoods? Um, it's kind of funny. I meet people at networking events. They say, "Oh, I'm in real estate." I'm like, that could mean so many different things. <laughs> I mean, from financing to investing to rehabbing to flipping to real to being a real estate agent. Yeah. So we have to kind of narrow narrow that down. And investing in real estate is kind of the, is kind of the same thing. The the target market that you want to address or that you want to provide services to that's going to really inform your decisions on where geographically you're going to want to buy property. Okay. 
Well, so, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yes. That that definitely. It, it, so the the answer to the question is it depends on what the individual right is looking for and and the right. type of areas and properties that they're right. looking and, for. And 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 really who you want to serve. Like if you want to have if you want to have high end luxury properties and you want to charge the rents for that, there's going to be a certain type of person who's going to rent that property, and that person is going to expect a certain level of service. Are you willing to provide that level of service for them or pay a property management company to provide that level of service for them? If the yeah. answer is no, then that's not the right market for you. You need to be focusing on something else. Um, and those, those are the questions that investors need to be answering in their minds. Um, other questions that um, investors need to be thinking about is, do I really want to, do I really want to invest in property by becoming a full-fledged landlord. There are a number of other services out there where you can invest in pieces of property, where you're investing with a group. You don't have to take on the burden of being the landlord and knowing everything that's going on with the property, but you're giving up a certain level of control. So if you buy a single family house, you can remodel it how, however you want, you can set it up for your for your target clientele. It's your show, but that's both positive. You know that, that cuts both ways. It's your right. show, so you're responsible for everything that goes wrong with it, and you have to come up with all the answers that you need to find to make it work. Whereas if you're part of an investment group, the whole group will be contributing to that conversation, and you won't have to. You won't have to have all the answers because you're part. You're part of this group, and usually there's a lead partner in the group that has more experience than the other, than the other investors. So I, I know that you're an expert in this area, and and uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go with rental properties. But uh, if you have, let's say, I'm. I'll just. I'll make me the example. Mm -hmm. So I rent a house. And I want to, I want to buy property. Okay. Would I be smarter to purchase a house and then buy rental properties? Or would I be smarter to buy rental properties while I'm still renting a house? Do you have to own a house to go in that process? What, what do you recommend? You, you, there's no requirement that you have to own a house already um, in order to rent, in order to rent properties. Um, kind of one of the examples we were talking before was the renting of rooms. Depending on someone's situation, they may buy a four-bedroom house and then rent the other three rooms. That may be where they that may be where they start, or they buy a or they buy a duplex and live in one side and rent out and rent out the other. Um, but there's no requirement that you actually have to own that you have to actually own a house before you can invest in in rental property. Now having if you already do own a house of course they'll look at the equity in the house you know in terms of aiding you and qualifying for loans and that kind of thing um but it's by no means an essential requirement okay now justin do you um how do you feel about management companies do you think they're a good idea or a, a bad idea to pay somebody to take care of your properties and management companies can be a really great idea um, especially for those people who are investing out of state um, or for or for people who just want to control access to their time um, in property management companies are they vary a lot 
and they focus on different levels of different types of clientele. Just like we were talking about earlier, what types of clientele do you want to invest for? Well, if you're going to choose a property management company, choose one that knows how to deal with your type of clientele. Um, for some of our properties, and, and this is from my experience, I was, we were, I was trying to choose a property management company and we went and talked to several and the properties that we had were basically for working class individuals in that, in that city. One of the uh, property management companies we were talking to, they were touting their skills at um, renting to college professors and, and, you know, these, these single family homes and luxury and all of that. And it's like, clearly you're not the company for us because those are not the people that we're, that's not the clientele that we have. Um, so it's really important to make sure that the property management company that you choose knows how to work with the clientele that you have. Another interesting, another interesting tip with uh, property management companies is they're not all solely focusing on property management. Some of those companies are realtors mm -hmm. who have decided that property management is a good way to supplement their income, especially when property sales slow down. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, their focus is more on actually selling properties yeah, and the property care. management side of it. Both yeah. of them are people businesses, but it's a diff it's a different skill set yeah. to introduce someone to a property, sell it to them, and then move on to the next person mm -hmm. as compared to someone that you're renting to that you have an ongoing monthly relationship with for years on end. They're different skill sets. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Thank you. Absolutely, because you are correct. Uh, if their sole business isn't just property management, that might throw up a flag. Yeah. I mean, not that, not that they can't do it, but like you said, the relationship is an ongoing one and they have to be willing to put yeah. in that time and that energy. Yeah. And yeah. the other well, thing I'd say is absolutely look for... Um, you know, talk to their clients, talk to their current clients, you know, see what is see what issues they're having, have them give you referrals um, and go and visit the properties that they manage and see what they look like. Like is, is the lawn getting mowed on a regular basis? Like it should be. Right. Um, are they, you know, what types of tenants have they been choosing for, for the, for the properties that you're, that for the properties that they're, they're managing. Um, because sometimes there can be an incentive in the property management contract to, ju to just get someone in and collect the fee for finding a new resident. Um, but if the person doesn't stay from the landlord's perspective, now I've got to, I've got to eat the cost of them finding that resident. I've got to eat the vacancy costs until we find somebody else. And that's not really serving my purposes. So I have a burning question because your book, I'm mm -hmm. Given through the um, website, there's something in there that says you can get free rent. Yes. So tell free us how rent, to get free rent. Yeah, absolutely. Free rent is not a fairy tale. It's a specific marketing strategy that a lot of property management companies and apartment communities use to attract people. So what's going on is there's massive competition for renters. For, qual for not just for renters, for quality renters who have the income to, to afford to live in, the, in these communities. So they're out there actively competing for you. Um, that's what those people on the street corners with the signs, 
are doing. And by the way, those people are not cheap at all. It can cost a thousand dollars to have somebody stand on the street corner and wave a sign, directing people, driving traffic to a specific community. So they are serious about this competition and there's a lot of competition going on. But when you advertise, when they advertise that free rent, usually it's a certain number of weeks of free rent that's available. What that does is it cuts through all the clutter because there's, you're getting thousands of messages a day about different things. Free rent is one of those messages that drives everything else to, to the side and you're gonna focus on that and see really what they're talking about. My attention. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that brings people to the community, it brings people on tours, and at that point, it's a numbers game. The more people who come into the community, the more people who take a tour, the more people who are going to actually get into an apartment and and consider the community, and then by extension, the more people who will actually sign a lease. Um, so that's where so that's where the industry is using free rent. But there's another source of free rent, which a lot of people don't consider, because the second source of free rent is actually working for the landlord. And most people consider their landlord to effectively be their enemy, and we do not work for our enemies. Um, but having somebody who lives on site is really useful for the landlord. They can show apartments. They can be the first line of contact for any maintenance issues to actually look and see, do I need to call the plumber out or is this just something that we can fix easily? Um, or do I need to be on site to, to see what's going on? Um, they can keep the property, they can keep the property clean. They could clean the pool. Um, they can answer questions that residents may have. They can show units. So there's a lot of things that they can do to make the landlord's job easier. And in exchange for that, they can either get greatly reduced or in some cases free rent for being an on-site manager or on-site assistant to the, to the landlord. Very good. So that's mostly apartments. Not if you're well, looking to rent a house. Well, yeah, it may yeah, even be a small apartment building that, yeah. I mean, like a, like a 10, 10 unit building, 20 unit building, something like that. Um, typically not a, typically not so much a house. Um, unless now it's possible that it could be a house. If you are working for a property management company that manages a number of houses in the area, it possibly that could possibly be something that you negotiate in your, in your compensation package. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, yeah, all of those things are not out of the realm of out of the realm of possibility. Okay. So uh, I always like to make sure rentalsecrets.net is where people can find your website. Yes, uh, I highly recommend purchasing the book. Uh, uh, one person is asking if you have programs uh, out there. Can that be found on your website? Can you tell us a little bit about what might be coming up with that? Yeah, so, what's, so what, what I have coming up is I'm building a number of services around, around the book, and we can talk a little bit about the history of the book as well. Um, but I'm looking at creating services where people can get, you know, kind of a half hour session with me and we can talk about their specific rental situation, the challenges that they're facing, and how they might approach their current landlord or a potential landlord in order to get the best deal for them and for their rental dollar. Um, so that, and that's really what the book is, is, is about because you go through school, you graduate, you get a job and there's really no guidance on, okay, how do I do this adult stuff? And one of those things is renting 
an apartment. Um, so people actually, so as a result of that, people are going out there and they're wondering like, why are landlords doing what they're doing? What are landlords thinking? What language are they even speaking? Um, and this book addresses a lot of those concerns and kind of demonstrates to people the problems that landlords are having on their side and how someone as a prospective renter can help solve those problems. And as we both know, the people who solve problems get paid. Mm-hmm. And that's where that, and that's what gives renters leverage in terms of negotiating with a landlord for reduced rent. Cause in a lot of places, I mean, rent is, I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. It's, I mean, average rent for a two bedroom is $1,200. I mean, that's the significant amount of money um, that you're paying out. It's probably the largest bill that people are paying out in terms of their whole financial picture. Um, <clears throat> and part of the reason why I wrote the book is because I can find, I can find um, help on how to buy, how to buy a car and, you know, what style and what's the best deal and all that. I can find that for a refrigerator or a computer, but there's nothing out there about how do I do that for an apartment, which is my biggest monthly expense. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, why I wrote this book. Um, Cause it, I think there's, I think there's a real need for some, for some guidance out there as far as this process and what this looks like and how people can do it better. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it uh, is. It's, yeah, it's something that I never really thought of before until we did this interview. I was like, oh, okay, well, that that does feel a need. So that mm-hmm. that's great. Well, I've I've gone to uh, a lot of seminars and a lot of uh, listened to a lot of people speak on rental properties, rental incomes. Uh, I've heard people say, "Do it the Trump way. Don't get the house. Get the <laughs> complex." You mm-hmm. know, who has a couple million dollars, right? And mm-hmm. you need investors to go in with you, or partners to go in with you, but uh, for someone like ourselves, you know, we have a remodeling company. So we thought, well, we have everything you need to, to buy and hold or buy and rent them out or, or flip probably more so for flip than rentals, because I don't want to babysit the people in the house. I would hire a management company. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I've learned more in the last 20 minutes just from this interview. So I'm definitely going to get the book because there's more for yeah. me to learn, but mm-hmm. There's so much to learn. And like you said, you get out of college. Right. I was, I was just going to say that. Here's the thing. This is a book for any child, you know, adult child that is graduating college and they're going to be moving out on their own for the first time. This is a must have book because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And parents, you know, got them out of the house, into college, into the dorm, into the, the you know, the college apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. or the college house. Now they're going to have to try to figure this all out on their own. So if you have a child who is just now getting finished with college and they're about to move out on their own to the apartment, they definitely need to get this book. Yeah, but so that is a good idea. But I I wonder, Justin, do you work with boomers Mm. because they're coming out of corporate, whether the mask lost their job because of the mask or, (laughs) you know, uh, whether their, their 401 went to zero. I know a lot of people take their 401 and invest that in the hard money lending. So mm-hmm. this book would probably be good for any person, any age, but more so for boomers, because how are they going to supplement their income and continue leading a comfortable life mm-hmm. moving forward? And there's no jobs left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I def 
while the book is written towards renters, mm -hmm. it is very useful for landlords to read as well. Because when I, there's a live presentation that I do. And in that, during that presentation, I have, I have a couple of pictures in there. One picture is the myth of what people think a landlord, a landlord's life is like. And the, that picture is someone lying back on their yacht in the Caribbean with the sun setting just off to the right and an umbrella drink in their hand. That's what most renters think the landlord's life is like. The second picture is the reality. And you, in the second picture, you see an ocean with waves and you see this lone hand reaching up, breaking the surface of the water. That's really what most landlords are dealing with. They are overwhelmed because when you buy a property, especially when you buy it on your own, you are essentially starting a small business. And most people don't understand that because they either, they either became a landlord because they were left, they inherited a piece of property or they, uh, they went to this real estate seminar and they, they got all excited about the sexy parts of, of being in a, a property investor and an owner and a landlord and all of that. Um, but that seminar did not cover how to actually operate the property. They talked to them about depreciation and residual income um, and, you know, the, how you can enhance the value of the property. And they talked to them all about that. But the real value of the property comes from actually operating it and having people use it as a source of, as a source of housing mm -hmm. um, and, and paying rent every month and managing that relationship. And I have yet to go to a seminar that covers any of that. Uh, the real deal. Well, yeah, they're still so in the program. Yeah, so that feeling of stress that landlords are feeling is real. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a way, this, this book kind of demonstrates ways that you as a landlord can work with your renter to make your life easier. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. But yeah, that's good. That is, that is. It's, like I said, it's much needed. So, well, yeah, yeah I mean, I the, the breakdown comes from the relationship between the owner and the, and the renter. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you can solve that relationship, everything's, you could get closer to being on a, rowboat in <laughs> the ocean the instead of underneath the water so i mean you gotta yes. take steps right so yes. if you've ever if you've ever watched one of those tv judge shows and there's a landlord tenant dispute it is a knockdown drag out fight full of animosity and ill will and that's not where we need to be landlords and renters are two sides of the same coin they cannot exist without each other so any information they can use to work better together is going to make this whole process work smoother for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I guess property managers would be a, a good fit for this as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another, and you mentioned, you mentioned boomers a, a while ago. Um, and a lot of them, they've raised their kids, they've sold their house. They don't want to take on the obligation of you know, another house. They may want, they may just want to rent and somebody else mows the lawn and somebody else fixes something when it's broken. Amen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so they're, so they're actually a large, a large rental rental group as well. Um, and in terms of income supplementation, there was a nonprofit, there's a nonprofit organization in Oakland, California. And what they're trying to do is pair teachers working in the teachers in this, in the school district with 
older individuals who own their home who may want to rent a room um, so they can live in the school district and be, be close to where they work. Um, and it allows, the, uh, it allows the, the elderly person who owns the home to supplement their income. And it also provides for kind of another, another person to be in their life. There's somebody else in the house to talk to, maybe somebody who can do some odd, you know, some odd and ends kind of fix up things around the house to, to help out and that kind of thing. Um, so there are some, there are some real opportunities there at the, at the boomer end to, to create some, uh, to create some synergies and benefits for, for both parties. Yeah. And plus there's a savings if they're elderly and you have someone living in the house, you don't have to wear that thing around your neck. <laughs> I can't get up. You know, so There's a lot of pluses to that. that, that and all joking aside, there really is. Yeah. And yeah. Somebody else in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of other, uh, there's another group. Um, there are, so in a, in a lot of high expensive urban areas, there are different nonprofit organizations. And they're trying to retain their employees, you know, trying to keep them as an, as an employee of the nonprofit because they're trying to fulfill whatever their mission is, but they can't pay what private companies are paying. And I actually was uh, at a networking event, a lady who was the executive director of the uh, YMCA at Palo Alto. She actually bought a copy of the book for one of her employees. I ran into her again and she said she gave the employee the book. And the employee was actually able to negotiate her rent and stay living in the area. Because Palo Alto, California is a really expensive area. Um, and she was able to, to stay in the area by negotiating with her landlord. Um, and that allowed her to continue working for, for the nonprofit that she, was, that she had been working for for a number of years. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to apply the concepts, the concepts in the book. Well, time goes really quickly on these shows. Justin, and we're really thankful for you spending time with us and educating us. Yes, we're going to have to have you back on the show. Yeah. Um, I, if you could, could you tell everyone how they can connect with you, whether it's to come and speak in their area? You do go and do speaking, right? Yeah. Or yeah. purchase a book or, or just answer a question for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my website is rentalsecrets.net. I can be reached via email at justin at rentalsecrets.net. Um, and you can also find me on different social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and Instagram. And what I'm doing on social media is I actually post a, a tip for renters and landlords every day. Um, so that's a good stream of, stream of info to, to get plugged into. Um, and yes, I do, I do go out and do speaking engagements. In fact, before this whole COVID thing started, um, I was actually negotiating with uh, the California State University system to actually go and speak at one of their campuses um, to both their students and and their faculty. Um, so so speaking is speaking is something that I'm really really interested in doing and, and getting this information out there um, to those to those groups who really need it. Awesome. Well, hopefully, it won't be too long and you'll get to get back out there and speak. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're putting together something for the first of the year where we're going to get uh, a number of our guests that carry important information like yourself, right, and, mm -hmm. and put them on a teleseminar, you know, so that people can a, a tell some, yeah, yeah and 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 so that people can get more information from a large group of experts 
all at one time. So we look forward to getting you back and, and doing that as well. Yeah, I'd definitely be happy to do that. Awesome. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for your time today. We totally appreciate everything. And uh, Wayne, what do you have for our audience to say goodbye today? Oh, join us next week. We look forward to seeing you back here. And Justin, you stay safe out there. Everybody stay safe and wear your masks. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to House Talk Radio. We'll be back next week with another distinguished guest. You won't want to miss it. And don't forget to check us out at housetalkradio.com.